Let's talk about CRT. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that built the United States of America as we know it today. Guys, grab your notepads. We're talking about critical race theory. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Welcome, Winsome. Welcome, you. Welcome, me. Welcome, us. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new week here in Blackity Black Black History Month. We're still in it. We are in the depths and the throes of Black History Month 2022. So we have to address the elephant in the room, Winsome. We've been avoiding it. I don't want to say so much as avoidance. We've been letting the girls get their cackles and giggles and their incorrect suggestions. And we've been gathering our notes so that we can address it properly. Okay. Well, we're going to try not to yell too loud um, and keep it cute. Ooh, I can't make any promises today. <laughs> but we basically are going to take our campus news segment and our teachable moment segment and mash it all up together. And give y'all a pretty quick and dirty rundown of what critical race theory is and why this is is even a subject or a topic of discussion right now. Okay, so when some this is like your wheelhouse, this is your front yard, your backyard, your side, front, back, side to side. So first, let's define critical race theory. Yes, it is very important that we define it because words mean things. Words mean things. So <laughs> I'm going to give you the definition that I have, which okay. is critical race theory is an academic concept that is more than 40 years old. The core mm-hmm. idea is that race is a social construct and that racism is not merely the product of individual bias or prejudice but also something embedded in legal systems and policies. Yes. And for the simpletons out in the street, that means it's baked into everything. It's like water. (laughs) So that, that quick, small definition basically says CRT is not John hates Jerome. It's not a one-to-one prejudice. It's not uh, this small group in this part of town doesn't like this small group in this other part of town. Mm -hmm. It's not what this is. It's not even your grandpappy owned the plantation. It is Uh, a system. It's larger. Yes. Yes, much larger than that. So I know you're going to get into the tenets later, but the basic tenets of critical race theory or CRT, as you might hear in the news popping off today, The basic tenets emerged from a framework for legal analysis in the late 1970s and early 1980s created by legal scholars Derrick Bell, Kimberly Crenshaw, and Richard Delgado, among other people. Now, I know we done told y'all we are law school dropouts, but we understand when the definition tells us that this theory is a legal framework it is it definitely it started out of critical legal studies out of cls for the ones that are not law school dropout it looks at the fact that even attorneys lawyers cannot be completely objective the idea of an objective world is not cannot ever be fully attained because we come into it with our own biases Uh and system biases Uh um bias that will impact us Uh um so yeah, yeah, the girls are out here raving about it. They put three letters together and made it the, the, the definition of all things bad, but have no background. So we're no, going to continue. We're going to talk about them, but let's let's dive a little bit deeper. Yeah, so, and and Dr. Crenshaw, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, she makes it very clear to let people know that CRT is not a noun. Mm-hmm. It's a verb. And it recognizes that, recognizes that it in itself is ever evolving. It is not the same today as it was in the 80s or in the 60s or in the 70s. And she also states that 
Uh, it recognizes that race intersects with other identities. So it's not just race. We're not mm -hmm. talking just about race, mm -hmm. right? It talks about gender identity, sexuality, among other things. There's crit, um, there's um, discrit, there's lat crit. Um, I think there's Asian crit. All of these studies that study like what it means. So basically that buzzword that we know as higher education professionals and scholars, intersectionality is considered... Mm -hmm. Uh, as part of critical race critical race theory it is and and critical race theory just acknowledges the legacy of slavery segregation the imposition of second-class citizenship on black americans um, and how that is a part of what we call the social fabric of our society so when you go into a store and somebody follows you around or when you go to the doctor and somebody may assume something about you based off of your race like mm -hmm. high blood pressure or um what the girls, I call it hypertension or in Caribbean household, you got sugar, thing like that. All of those things are a part of how you analyze the society. Critical race theory is not, it is not something, it is a way of analysis. So we're, we're going to talk about what it's not in a little bit, but we definitely mm -hmm. wanted to define first what it is. Mm -hmm. So I know you have some more information for us. I, I definitely do. And so... You know, there are tenets of critical race theory. There being, some people say there are four main ones and then the other two kind of loop into each other, but I'll give you the list of six. So the permanence of racism, whiteness as property and privilege, race as a social construct, again, embedded, you know, interest convergence, that being one of my favorite ones. And we'll talk about what an interest convergence is. Mm -hmm. Intersectionality, like Alicia said. And then storytelling or counter storytelling and the use of narratives as a means to bring the stories of black, brown, black and brown people to the forefront, right? Because we don't always have the avenues to tell our stories and make them law and make them judge and jury like the superiority, you know, of rich white Americans. And so what does that look like when you go into a community and you listen to their stories and you take that down and you say that this is in fact history and not just the things that are um, told to us, but like the actual lived experiences of the people. Uh, I'm so happy you said lived experiences because that's a key component and often overlooked. It is. It's not diversity and inclusion training, people. I just want to get that out there. It is not it, diversity it, and inclusion training. It is. It is not. It is not. It is the practice of interrogating the role of race and racism in society. Again, not a diversity training. That's not so, what this is. So you all may have, and I know when so you and I have sat, sat through many DEI trainings, workshops, where we learn about implicit bias and we learn about diversity initiatives that your organization may have. Um, how they go about their hiring, groups of people that are current employees that have different diversity initiatives uh, based on their ethnic groups or their uh, religious affiliations or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is not that. And it's not. I want the girls to stop thinking that that's what it is. But what it is and can be and con continues to be is a recognition of black and brown people as second-class citizens in America. So, okay, so we've defined it. Again, this is a, started off as a legal framework for examining these specific things within American it, history and current social constructs that are set up in society yeah, that we have to deal with that affect everyday life. It is, and, and it jumps into other areas only by default of legal situations. So we're going to get into it, but for all the people that are very scared about where it is in education, it jumped there because of what y'all did with Brown. So before we even go go there, first, let's answer the question, where is CRT taught? Because that is what is sparking this current backlash that we're going to talk about it more in depth. So where is CRT taught? Number one. I just want the girls to know that I didn't know about it until I was a third year doctoral student. Okay. That's that's where I'm going to leave it. I, okay. I've i never heard of it in undergrad. I didn't hear about it in high school. I didn't hear about it in my master's program, which was in Neither political science. Neither did I. And I didn't get it in that one one year. I actually <laughs> didn't get it in that one year. Meaning, no, not, I didn't get that in, in that one year of law school either. 
No, I didn't. So it, 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 it's really not one of those um, things that push itself up on people, like people like to say. Um, it's not something you meet at the front door. No, it is not being taught to your five-year-old kindergartners. It's not being taught to your 10-year-old third graders. It's not even being taught to your 18-year-old high school seniors. They are not, not bucking up against critical race theory in their public school education in America. Now, <laughs> where this is, is laughable, and uh, we'll, we'll get to the key key, but where this is laughable is that public school education in America is so lacking. But the idea that there is a focus and an ever presence of such a heavy large topic. yes. It's a heavy Let, let's be I want to go back. The key, I learned about it in my third year as a doctoral student in a class called critical race theory. So it wasn't like a week worth of content in introduction to research. Or a two weeks worth of content over here in um, methods. It was an entire class I had to sign up for knowing the name. Name, critical race theory. Your fourth graders still don't know their times tables. And I promise you they don't know what critical race theory is. So let's move on. And so people will ask. There's actually a very good article. People, if you want to pick it up, it's great. It's a, it, the name of the article is, What is Something Like Critical Race Theory Doing in a Nice Place Like Education? Hmm. It is, let me, I want to get it right. Just what is critical race theory and what is it doing in a nice field like education? Hmm. By Dr. Gloria Ladson Billings. Get to know her. She reads for rights. And so that's what you need to find it. And it got itself into education around the time of Brown, when people were raving about like American exceptionalism, they were talking about like America so free. Oh my gosh. Blacks and whites are going to school now, together one now. Second, one second. You, you're speaking in code now. Remember, we want to be able to share this with marginalized folks and others. So when we say Brown, what are you referring to? We're talking about the two cases, Brown v. Board of Education, Topeka, Kansas, okay. which led to the desegregation. The first one led to the desegregation of schools, but that didn't work because even though the one black justice of the Supreme Court man that I count in my mind, because I don't count the one that's there now as much, so sad, but although Thurgood Marshall had worked his life for this thing, they did not do it quickly. Right. So they were taking their time to desegregate schools. And that's why we had Brown one mm -hmm. and Brown two, mm -hmm. because there was a need to add a clause in there to talk about speed with necessary speed. Thank you. Because the that. girls were not speeding Thank to do what they had to do. And I, I just want to throw in a quick little fact. I uh, saw somewhere the other day that the last I believe maybe there are still more, but the last uh, school to integrate was in 2016 and I believe yeah. it was in Louisiana, Alabama one of the girls down there I think it was the MISSI oh, there you go I think it was there but I'm not too certain so don't hold us to that but I and they were having like um their proms were yeah not even they were separate proms go, I re yes I do remember this um I, I, so you were not doing it with all deliberate speed and so that's why we had to go back to Brown 2 mm -hmm. to get the girls to do stuff because there were counties that were actually shutting down their public school systems mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to avoid integration. Let's be clear. Fully shutting down. There's a group of people in a state, and I I, I, I wish I had pulled it up. I'll, I'll pull it up at some point and, and share it with the girls. In the notes. But there was a full county that shut down their school system for two years so that they didn't have to integrate. Okay. You know, All right. I was listening, not to digress, but I was listening to a podcast about Ruby, Ruby Bridges the other day. Mm -hmm. And um, the things that people may not know about Ruby Bridges' experience with integration. If y'all don't know, Ruby Bridges was the little black girl in 67, was it, Winsome? I believe so. That was the kind of the um, headline of the integration movement. All the little pictures that you see of those terrible, terrible white people throwing things at this small little black girl trying to get into her new integrated school. That is Ruby 
Bridges. And Mm -hmm. the podcast I was listening to, and I'll link it in the show notes. I can't remember. It was November 1960. 6-0. Look at that. So um, things that we didn't know. Do you know Ruby was in a class all by herself for an entire Mm -hmm. year? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. An entire year. A first grader, if I'm not mistaken. (sighs) Because... No one wanted to put their children in a class with her. No one wanted to teach her um, mm-hmm. at this newly integrated school. school. Just just a little little side note. Look up a little bit more in depth about Ruby. She is still alive and well. Ruby is only in her 60s, if I'm not mistaken. This was not that long ago, but I digress. Definitely look it up while you're at it. Look, look up the integration stories at the university of Georgia. I will link the book in 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 the in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But the integration of a black man and a black woman. I know I think it's Charlene Huntergalt, but I know her name is Charlene and at the time was integrating and like her room was like trash. They threw bricks through her window and then she like the school said basically it's your fault you need to pay for the window and in addition you don't have any place to sleep. Wow. At a university. So yeah, um, again, Brown, I mean, sorry, CRT did not find its way into education because y'all were doing what y'all was supposed to do. It found its way to education because of the lack of true integration in the school system. And Dr. Gloria Ladson Billings comments that it was because of the outcomes of Brown and people were raving again about how America was so great for what was happening And they were expressing scholars in this area, legal scholars, then expressing to education scholars, they were noting the interest convergence dilemma. So let me stop. Interest convergence dilemma. This is when I do something that is good for you, but only because it benefits me. I will never do anything truly to benefit you if it cannot benefit myself. And so they spoke about the 14th Amendment which guaranteed the right to citizenship for enslaved people. And they expressed that equal protection under the law would forever, not then, alone, would forever be limited to black people where such a remedy threatened the superior social status of wealthy white people. Okay, so layman's terms, break it down. Y'all ain't gonna get nothing Pass what we give y'all. If that means that it's going to mean that we have less than what we got now and what we could possibly get in the future in order to step on your back every time. Okay. So integration in schools was not for black students. It was for resource. You need to meet resources. I know people don't like to hear this, but the freeing of the slaves or the North wanting the freeing of the slaves excuse me, the freeing of the slaves in the South was not for black people. It was to make sure that the South lost votes because you could count your slaves as people and then place votes in the the electorate that decides um, the the, the elections. You know, that's interesting. A lot of people do not know that. Yeah, they think that it was, oh my gosh, we... And I say none to the North. You know, our power to the North. But... But again, we need to remember that it was about making sure that there was less voting power in the South Mm -hmm. so that the North could pass things that were good for them. It was not about freeing black people and giving them all their freedoms and saying you all are equal citizens. That's not what it was. That's what you call an interest convergence. When it good for you, it good for me. We ain't going to talk about the Civil War, honey, because apparently it it was not fought over slavery. So... It was about states' rights. But um, next, uh, <laughs> you were going to explain some of these other tenets. I'm particularly interested in storytelling, as you mentioned earlier. So the idea of storytelling, or what we call counter-storytelling, is allowing Black and Brown people to have a stake in their own narrative, right? So for a long time, what would happen would be that white researchers would go into black communities and they would say, oh, this is the reason for poverty. And this is the reason for this. And this is the reason for that. And eventually it came out that these were not truly the experiences of the black people. This was 
from what we call the white gaze, mm. right? From high above. You you drive in. If anybody ever, look, I love me some old, um, what do you call it, sitcom. So I'm always good to meet, go me to an old sitcom. If anybody remembers good times mm. when the FBI people came up in there and thought that everything was co- cookie cutter cute until they went downstairs and their car wasn't there. They couldn't find their car. Their car had been ripped to shreds. <laughs> and it was like, oh, we thought we were just going to come in and leave and everything was going to be okay. Similar to that, you know, you come into a, a system that is so sorely oppressed and you, 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 you watch it. You come to conclusions and you write a book about it and you say, this is what it is. And this is history. So basically storytelling is, well, counter to storytelling is the piece of CRT where the marginalized get to speak their lived experiences and truths and have that documented as part of the historical fact. Exactly. And that, and, and, and I want you to say the last part, that last two, those last two words. Historical again. fact. That is the important part. When your Mima sat on the stool and told you a story about what happened, to her uncle or her father back when they were lynching. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is not, that is, it is a form of narrative, but it is not counter storytelling at its entirety because her story now needs to be documented. Right. And it, and when it's documented, somebody needs to pick up a book and not see it as a fiction too many times. It was, Oh, like a lot of what Zora Neale Hurston did, right. Yeah. As an anthropologist, yeah. White people read it as fiction, right? But these were the stories of people as she traveled. Mm -hmm. She was telling the stories of her people. It's not fiction, right? It's not a, oh, that's a story that she told. That's not what that is. And it's very important as a part of CRT because it's the, I I would, I would say, I would dare to say it, it is the outcome of fighting, right? So this is what can, this is what can become once we have known about the interest convergence we understand that racism is permeated in our society Mm -hmm. we understand that whiteness is privilege okay now what do we do okay now we need to gather our stories to tell our side Mm -hmm. that's what that is so yeah please document your mima stories write them down write a book true and i focused in on the storytelling because a lot that's the last tenant Um, listed out of the six but that's also an important piece for right now because why is see why are you why are we even talking about crt today why is this relevant and y'all know y'all have been hearing critical race theory come up in the news in the media if you live in a conservative state or area like we do you are learning about different bills and legislation that are being uh, passed or being worked on currently to dismantle and remove and silence anything that is deemed to be CRT by conservative people. Exactly. Um, Conservative political leaders, uh, political pundits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the verbiage being used is that conservatives want to prevent the teaching of CRT in K through 12 public schools. Now, this is a ploy for everything, every reason that we've just listed out to you. Cause it's not being taught. Thank you. Using it's not the, even there. Thank you. Using the term CRT is a misnomer. It's kind of a whistle because mm-hmm. it's now become a, when you hear this term, that means all things bad. That means, oh, we're talking about racism. Why is everything about race? Uh, that was in the past. Get get Let's get past that. We're, we're in a post-racial society. Color, color blindness. It's the dog whistle of color blindness. Yeah, yeah. So when people hear CRT, that's what it kind of alerts in folks who do not want to confront that racism still exists and it permeates society as we know it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So labeling everything about racism in America under the guise of CRT is wrong. Mm -hmm. It's American history. It's not CRT. Mm -hmm. It's what y'all already did. Slavery in America is part of American history. It's not critical race theory. It's your Mima spitting at Ruby Bridges. 
and now she don't want nobody to know. And and that's the meme going around, right? The Emancipation Proclamation is part of American history. It's not mm-hmm. critical race theory. Critical race theory started in the 70s and 80s. Guys, you have been per- perpetuating racist acts for... I, I don't even want to bring the year up because then that's going that's going y'all going to be ticked off when I say it anyways <laughs> but like y'all been doing this from 16 19 guys it, it it's not CRT there bell was not around back then it's ch- it, children at the K through 12 level are not being taught about redlining districts mm. financial disparity perpetuated against black people by banking institutions in America they're, mm-hmm. li- they're not learning about that. They're literally learning about Emancipation Proclamation. We'll be lucky if they learn about 1865 and Juneteenth. No, they're not. They're literally learning only about the Emancipation and Martin Luther King Jr. And the very kind parts of MLK, right? Like, yeah. he was born, he um, fought... Or, or he he chose a nonviolent approach to seeking rights for black people, and he yeah, died. He died. Not he was murdered. He died. That is it. That's all. They are not. Mean. They are not learning anything else. They're not learning about the letter from the Birmingham jail. No, no. They're not learning about Medgar Evers. They're not learning about. They're not learning about the bus boycott. No, they're not. You, they might sprinkle a Rosa Parks in there, you're, but that is it. You're lucky if you get that. They are not examining the legal economic and other ramifications of racism and prejudice in K through 12 schools in America. So to suggest that reading about factual historical occurrences of racism and prejudice will create some sort of discomfort for students is literally like spitting in the faces of the forever marginalized. It is. It's saying, you know, there's a possibility that you might or might not learn your history and be a little bit upset about this. Or actually, I, you know what? I always talk about this pause for the cause that I want to have, right? So let me say this really clearly. I honestly think it's less about black and brown people. Okay. I think it is about them not wanting their very su- subtly woke children to go even further on the side of the marginalized and hear me out a lot of y'all already been picked up because your sons and daughters called y'all in for january 6 and told them where y'all was and y'all was not down to the publix <laughs> y'all was up there up in dc right and we saw with this past election that younger people have been voting in a way and i don't want to make this like political over democrat or republican but they're voting in line with with um they're voting in line with uh, policies that will give rights to all people, right? They are doing so according to their parents because of some white guilt, not just that they now know better. And so for them, they're like, no, 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 no. We can't teach them this earlier so that they could dislike us and ask us more questions. It is not appropriate for them to ask Mima on her 85th birthday where she was. Mm-hmm. Um, when MLK was shot mm-hmm. and what her thoughts were and who she voted for. And they are a bit afraid that their children will not uphold whiteness as property and privilege. You're absolutely correct. They are afraid that the Kelly Conways of the world are afraid that their daughters are going to do them like Claudia did her. Okay. Claudia got on the good people's, the good Chinese people's TikTok, honey. <laughs> and aired her parents out. Okay? I think that is what it is. Because because if you go back into CRT and you go back into a lot of the legal scholarship, they express that like there's a part that white people have to play. Short of black people going into full revolt, right? There is a part that white people have to play in the true emancipation and free will and, and sharing of rights with all populations. I'm not even going to say just black people. All populations, mm-hmm. right? In order to make it equal. Mm-hmm. They are truly afraid of their own children doing so. Yes, they are. Because we have been fighting. Our parents have been fighting. Our grandparents fought. And we are still fighting for equal rights. The problem is we fought up to the line where now we need their children mm-hmm. to say, 
you know something we have a little bit over here that was given to us incorrectly we're gonna share it it's not gonna make us less but we want to share this with you so that you can finally see the true american dream and they're like not after we done sat out here murdered pillaged killed lynched and we ain't doing it hit it and hit it all we ain't doing it yeah so this is more about their anger with their children than it is anger with me because they, they've always hit hated us the girls who are mad um ron desantis oh lord glenn youngkin didn't know your name until last week keith ammon amongst many many others you should all all be ashamed but we know that you don't experience shame it, that's just something that you don't don't have and you use our racial pain throw it in our faces and make jokes in light of everything um we're going to talk about some of the current attacks on black history that are disguised as crt cancellation okay uh number one now i've never been to iowa you're not going there for vacation ne never wanted to go to iowa never had any plans to be in iowa and uh never will because iowa has introduced a bill to put cameras in the classroom why you may say oh cameras in the classroom oh i can see what my kid is doing oh i can it's a safety precaution, safety measure. No, no, no. The reason why Iowa is putting cameras in their classrooms is to prevent teachings on blackness. <laughs> so there is a proposed bill that any teachers who are teaching anything deemed critical race theory will be fined based mm. on footage from these, these classroom cameras. Um, I want to also add that there were questions around how this bill will be funded, um, who will be paying for the cameras. And Iowa said the schools already have enough money in their budgets to pay for the cameras. They don't need any more allotments. So you don't have books for the students. I'm certain I'm not even going to look at the budgets. I know you don't got books for the students, but you have you have cam you have camera money. The money's already there. They said the money is there. And don't forget you as a teacher making $32,000 with a bachelor's, potentially a master's degree, will be, be fined. will be fined if you are found to be in violation of this bill. Um, Iowa, you can have several seats because don't nobody want to go up there anyway. Um, you're going to be uh, in dire straits very soon, just like Oklahoma, who has had to hire police officers as substitute teachers because ain't nobody teaching over there because they're done with y'all. Which isn't going to get any better. They're done. They're not putting up with it. We, we can talk all day about how teachers are underpaid. But these types of things, these stunts that y'all are pulling are going to lead to the quicker downfall of the education system here in America. I already had my <laughs> projections that we were on a kind of a 10 year journey to the crumble of the public school system as we know it in America. And it was going to have to be revamped. I think we're looking at five years tops um, because of this foolishness. Now, next, Death Santis. Bring, bring it on home. <laughs> Death Santis. Uh, we need you to come on down to the altar. No, not the altar. No. Mm -mm. Oh, he's not welcome. Just, just come, come to the podium, not to the church. No, not to the church. But you know, my faithful Lord asks for everybody, so maybe. Now we we need you because <laughs> I know your name will not be in the good book. Um, we need you to give an account for this bill. In Florida, Winsome, I want you to explain the bill because we've talked about this before. But go this the discomfort. This the, is discomfort. The discomfort bill. That's what I like to call it. Um, so layman's terms, the discomfort bill basically says that it shields people from feeling discomfort over historical actions by their race, nationality, or gender approved, and they've approved it by the Senate committee. So. <laughs> It's really targeted towards black and brown people, but as I read it, there's like several questionable things that I have here to talk about, right? So does that mean you can't talk about women's rights because you yes. make men feel bad? Yes. Yeah. That means that you can't talk about the Holocaust nope. because nope. 
technically, if you have somebody in the classroom that's German of German descent, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. That can make them feel discomfort. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, it is backed, like Alicia said, by. Now let me yes. Um, I want y'all to know this is not just a uh, Florida man doing Florida man things because I know mm-hmm. y'all talk about us behind our backs because we live in Florida and Florida yep. is crazy. Yes, we admit that. Um, there are 32 states that have similar bills that they are introducing. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are 32. How, how many states we got? Let's go back to the fractions. How many states we got? Let's do them because the math is not mathing for me. That's, so I know that's over fifty percent, baby. I know that for sure. That is sixty four percent. And yeah. y'all don't get to y'all don't get to throw in the territories this time to try to get the percentage down because y'all didn't give us the rights, right? Okay. Yeah. So facts. Again, this is an attack on uh, history, historical facts, the historical facts of mm. racism. In this country, that's what they want to prevent the teaching of. Now, your boy didn't stop there. Oh, there's more. Your boy. Yours. Death Santis also introduced the Stop Woke legislation. When they started, I mean, I want you to understand that this word was kind of like randomly used sometimes. Like, you woke, you woke, you woke. And then all of a sudden it became... Because it got taken over. That's why. So, let me tell you what woke stands for. Oh no! So the, the Stop it. Woke Act. The Stop Woke Act stands for Stop the Wrongs to Our Kids and Employees. What wrongs? What anybody did them? This is a legislative proposal that DeSantis says will give businesses, employees, children, and families the tools that they need to fight back against woke indoctrination. From corporate wokeness and critical race theory. Mm. Now, this is the one where we have been banned from having DEI trainings and the like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm, I'm sighing because, again, who is having the DIE trainings? Because some of your universities don't even have DIE offices. Sorry. There's nobody that works there. Mm-hmm. Two... Y'all don't attend none of these trainings. Y'all put it up on a training platform and y'all let the videos ride. Mm-hmm. Ain't like you have to sit down and ever sit down. D- true DIE training is if you have to sit down in a, gr- in a room with a group of black people and have conversation about the wrongs. That is DIE training. Dr. Gloria Ladson Billings does DIE training. Okay? Sitting in a room and asking, do you think that you as a white man get a fair shot like the same way of a, of a black woman? That is DIE training. When there's conversation about the ill, the ill matter that is occurring, sitting on whatever platform, Canvas, um, LinkedIn, whatever platform, and having meager PowerPoint pe- pe- presentations is not DIE training, <laughs> and it's not critical race theory either. It definitely is not critical race theory. I want, I want even go back even for. Let me go back. Really, to the beginning of the podcast where I said something about being a PhD student. I took a class called The Laws of Higher Education. And not once in the class did they mention critical race theory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do y'all think this thing is being taught? And who is, why do you, what do you need to be protected against? Our lived experiences. Because it will make them feel uncomfortable. But you i.e. them, they have been in control of our lived experiences. Mm-hmm. There's not one black person in America that has not been touched by whiteness and the construct of whiteness. Mm-hmm. So if you want to alter the experience as it is in the narrative of the history books, just do better. I mean, it's clear that they want to alter the experience, the narrative of the experience. Look at January 6th, as you mentioned before. They want to alter reality. They want it oh. changed. Girl, this not meta. And we're not selling out, sending out the goggles yet. Well, there's racism even in meta, girl. And I'll send you those stories later. I want to make sure that we... Uh, you, I harped on the storytelling, as you mentioned before, as the tenet of critical race theory. Because we have talked previously about the storytelling through novels. Mm-hmm. And... 
the band book list. Now Ooh. I found the oh, list. Dang. A lot of these are on my the bookshelf. List. I found the list, girl. We gotta talk about the list. We gotta talk about the list. Um, and as you stated before, even though some of these novels and others are uh, fiction, they are stories that have been lived by people of color, right? Mm-hmm. Um, number one, the color purple band. Girl, how? Band. How you gonna ban it when we about to redo it? Band. You can ban while you want. That's okay. I'm gonna have to fly up to New York and go see it on Broadway. It's banned. Listen, gotta see it. 2024 and a 20 no and a 2023 December 23. Yep, that's when it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't like your girl Toni Morrison. They do not. The they blue eye band. Mm. Uh, go tell it. They on- didn't. They did not. J- James Baldwin. Go tell it on the mountain. Band. The, the Amer- America's black man. Out of there. Not James Baldwin. Out of there. Richard Wright, the native son. Also banned. Um, if you thought your fave was gonna slide on by, no, ma'am. My Angelou banned, and still I rise out of there. Not, not the poem that they wanted to teach everybody in in school. Yes, that one, ma'am. And uh, after she has passed, which I know she's rolling in her grave and upset. Okay, now one of the newer girls to the group, Miss Angie Thomas, with the hate you give, banned. Banned too. <laughs> banned. Now. If y'all don't know, The Hate You Give is literally a 2017 story of police. We can call it brutality, but it's what? Murder? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That a teenager witnesses perpetuated against her friend. All right? That's the, sto- that's the story in the book. We've been marching since June 2020. And you're going to ban the book that is literally the reality of the last 10 years. Or more banned. Oh, you were trying to get the girls, the girls to read about Ruby Bridges. You can't do that. Here we go. And I'm, I'm going to link the list for y'all so y'all can pick these books up. Now, when we say banned, this means that this is banned from the readings and the libraries of public schools in whichever counties, districts, states that are enacting this ban. So this doesn't mean that you will not be able to purchase the book on your own as a free citizen. But it means that it is not free and accessible to students in their libraries, at their schools, and it is not listed on the readings list given by their instructors, K through 12. Okay? Um, It's forbidden. Ms. Ruby Bridges, this is your time. The story of her experience, um, please pick that up. I'm going to link that podcast as well. Book is called This Is Your Time, Banned. A Lesson Before Dying. Now, I read this. Oh. I read this in probably junior high. Banned. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Not that eyes were watching God. Come your, on. Your fave. Everybody. Our fave, the Floridian fave, Ms. Zora Neale Hurston. If you do not know about Ms. Zora Neale, her stories are collective of stories throughout the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. In the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I read Their Eyes Were Watching God as well. I'm sure you did too. Yeah. Banned. Out of there. Um, you know they was going to ban your boy. Well, uh, this is in my bookshelf, girl. This exact cover is in my bookshelf. Banned. The Autobiography of Malcolm X. As told probably, by who? As told by Alex and that's Haley. why it was banned, honey. Because they said <laughs> Alex Haley is doing too much. He's telling yeah, they- too much truth. Ban him. Get him out of here. They probably banned that. They're going to they gonna move over there to movies soon. They're going to hit roots. They're going to hit everything he touched. Out of here. They said they are done with Mr. Bailey. Child, they might, they might ban Reading Rainbow just because he played <laughs> Kunta. <laughs> LeVar Burton, we, we speak your name now before they ban you for something that you don't even know. <laughs> well, you see, they didn't give him the Jeopardy gig. Hey, that was because of this band. <laughs> And though that was just the list that I found, um, I'm sure there are more. Well, you know, they didn't, they banned her before she showed up to the party. They've been banned out of the there. 1619 project. Uh-huh. They've been banned this one. And if they ain't already banned, um, as we talked about critical race theory today, Derek Bell just got and by the faces at the bottom of the well now. 
Um, it's about the permanence of racism. It's called Faces at the Bottom of the Well. Go ahead and buy it now. Because the girls gonna ban Derek Bell soon. We know they're gonna ban him. No, we'll we'll link all of these in the show notes so y'all can um go ahead over on to uh <laughs> one of the perpetrators, Mr. Bezos, and order your books online. I'm not finna do this with you. you know, every time you talk about him, the bandits show up outside outside my house and I don't want nothing to do with it. It's fine. It's fine. Convenience, you know. But yeah, this is this is another reason why Education is key, which is why we wanted to get on here and define critical race theory, what it is, what it's not, um, to kind of quell some fears and some qualms about what is happening right now in the U.S., in the media. Be very clear, these GOP pundits, leaders, and activists are using critical race theory as a dog whistle for racism. They want to eliminate all teachings of racial history in America. They want us to forget that things have happened, terrible things have happened, and that the terrible things were not just a one-time occurrence, but a systematic perpetuating illness in America that still affects people of color today. They want mm-hmm. you to forget it. They want you to ban the books. They want to make sure your kids never hear anything about the Ruby Bridges. They want to make sure that you don't know that she was spit on, that she was uh, uh, not welcome when integration mm-hmm. happened. And they don't want you to know that Ruby Bridges is only in her 60s and that this is this is not the times of yore. This is something that happened yesterday. We, yep. we want you to educate yourselves. That's why we're going to share the articles, the books that we've listed, the journals that we've listed. Um, we'll reference everything so that you can see for yourself and learn for yourself. Share this episode with your friends, not just your friends of color. Share it with your white friends as well, your Asian friends. Share it with everybody so that they have an understanding of what critical race theory is and what it is not. So that Mm -hmm. when you hear that dog whistle in the media, when you hear it going to legislation, when you potentially hear it at the polls, you will know that you have the power to not be a part of the problem. Erasing critical race theory is not the issue here. The issue right now is erasing Black history. All history that is uncomfortable to the social, the superior social status of wealthy white people. That comes straight from Delgado. Like... One of the scholars, Delgado. Um, like it, it is so imperative that you form your own classrooms, that you have your own books, that you teach your children the things that some teachers at this point will be financially unable mm-hmm. to fight against the system because they're being mm-hmm. fined. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm glad it, you just... said that because this really is about teaching your kids and this is not teaching your kids to feel bad about themselves um i love when some you and i get to work with gen z students a lot that's the student population that's currently going through uh colleges and universities and i love the fact that they do not take on the guilt of times past, but they do take on the responsibility of making a change. And the the first step to that is acknowledging that there are wrongs that need to be righted and um, learning about those wrongs and how they still affect people today. So shout out to Gen Z. We love y'all. We need to keep teaching them and the younger ones. Remember, it's not about discomfort. It's about knowledge understanding and change i cannot believe that that's what they're talking about discomfort now Mm. Uh, but let's uh let's move on as we conclude today i just 
I want to send a stern message to the girls that are still sending bomb threats to HBCUs. Um, I had somebody that was personally impacted by it the other day, was like on a campus tour and had to be like rushed into the admissions office at Howard University because of a bomb threat. It is getting old. The FBI already know what y'all about. Just stop. If it is that you are angered that you cannot find a place at this institution for your horrible rhetoric, i.e. your white privileged rhetoric, um, if it is that this is a historical um, representation of black people and brown people fighting to have equal rights, if that's what upsets you at night, whatever it may be, just please leave those students alone. And I ask consistently that God be with them on their college campuses as these um, threats continue to come in, but they don't persist into anything real. I continue to pray that they do not persist into anything real, but I am asking y'all kindly, just done with it. It's not worth it no more. Like, stop. Just stop. All right, y'all. I know we we kind of dived into a... Is it dive? Dove? Yeah, we, 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 we kind of... Oh, yeah, we dove straight <laughs> we into a into dense topic. A really dense topic, but it, it needed to be said. Um, so now you are a lot more educated and you can educate others. So please share with us if you are having these conversations. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know how it's going for you guys. Let us know if you have had any interactions with people on this CRT topic or anything else. You could reach us. On Instagram, follow us at Never Left College Pod. On Instagram and on Twitter, we are NVR Left College. So if you want to email us as well, Never Left College Pod at gmail.com. Send us your emails. If you want us to read uh, your story on the show, we can do that. We'll hide your ID, give you some advice, um, or maybe you could teach us a thing or two. Well, guys. That's the end of class for today. I hope you took away some very important notes. We tried to make it as fun as this topic could be. We know that it's been a good time because it's a good topic. Um, and it's also not been a long time. So you don't have to feel like we drug it down the street. No one likes a long class. Um, but if this was... It's worth it. It's worth it. It is. The class is definitely worth it as a long class. Although no one likes a long class. So we hope you guys have a great week. And remember that college is a place to live, love, and laugh. But if you never leave, we are here to help you make it through.